Hello, and welcome to Faith Facts with Father Howard. I'm Lindsay, here with Father Howard, and on today's episode, we are discussing the Easter, or Pasco, candle. So let's get started. Hey, Lindsay. Uh, again, it's, it's wonderful to be able to gather together. And as I had mentioned before we, we went on air here, that uh, just to be able to be a little playful, you might say, and, and to talk about some of the, the symbols that are part of this uh, season, of particularly of Easter, of course, but, but things that help us to lead up to it, the things that we see uh, so many often in, in, you know, whenever we go into church, and after a while, we, we just, they become a blur. We don't yeah. remember them. We don't see them. Yeah, we, we don't see them anymore. And as, as we approach this time, you know, during the season of Lent, this time of Easter, uh, I thought that one of the things that we could just talk a little bit about was the uh, aspect of the Easter candle or the Paschal candle. It's, um, if you don't know which one it is, it should be by far the biggest candle that is in the church. And um, thickest. Probably. And the th- thickest. Round, thickest round. It, uh, there should be no question whatsoever when you walk into church where your Easter candle is. It should usually, well, always should be standing by the, um, uh, the baptismal font, uh, particularly uh, outside of the Easter season. I didn't know that was the rule. Uh, yep, it's supposed to be by the baptismal font. Interesting. And it should be of a size and it should be decorated uh, where it, it is dominates, you might say, over any other candle that might be in church. Uh, there should be no competition uh, <laughs> by other candles uh, when it comes to the Easter candle. Oh, no. Uh, it's, it's interesting, though, because when you look at some of the history of it, is that the, the size and, and all of that grew over time, where it, it, there was a time when it really wasn't, um, the same size or such, but it really was more where it was placed. Uh, that is what designated as the Easter candle. Uh, in many churches, it would have been placed right at the ambo, right where they would have uh, proclaimed the readings and they would have uh, read the gospel, they would have preached from there. It would have been right next to it. Actually, for many churches, some of the larger ones in Europe and such, it would have been built right into the stand, would have been built into the ambo. So it's um, when it was like lifted up on the wall, that kind not, of ambo, or not? Yeah, those that were lifted high or built up, yeah, it would have been there so that that candle would have been right there next to the person who wow. would have been preaching and would have been um, proclaiming the word. Now, we do some of that when we place it where we do uh, when we sing the uh, exalted. Mm-hmm. That's the, the song honoring, you know, giving honor to the, the Paschal candle. Where normally we would have it someplace where it is very close, if not right next to the person who is singing uh, that hymn of praise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know we do at the Holy Angels, it's standing there right next to the, um, um, right next to the ambo, where the, where the hymn of praise, the exalted, is being sung. The uh, Paschal candle, or Christ candle, at times it is called that, uh, Paschal uh, being rooted in the word Pasch, which means the time of passing over, calling to mind the, um, the time when the angel of death, you know, passed over uh, in, in, the, in the plagues of Egypt, uh, where the, you know, the firstborn and passed over the houses where the people of Israel uh, resided. 
It's made of uh, pure beeswax. Or let's say it should be made of pure beeswax. <laughs> These are not cheap candles because wax, pure beeswax, is not cheap. Um, there are what I would consider lesser quality. Um, my, my approach to some of this as a pastor is if you're going to spend money on a candle, spend it on the Paschal candle. Um, there are some more um, financially you know, reasonable price and costs of other candles that you can use. But buy a good Paschal candle. Uh, to me, it's, it speaks of, of the faith community. It speaks so much. It's going to last a quite a while, too. But, uh, but the pure beeswax, again, speaks of the purity of Christ. Well, plus that's what they say in the Exalted. They talk about yes. the beeswax, made of yes. beeswax. and The mother bee and yeah. all of that. Yes. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> um, so the, uh, the wick of the candle uh, represents humanity. And the flame of the candle represents uh, the Lord's divinity. The Lord is burning all of us? Well, not his humanity. I'm sorry. It represents Christ's humanity. Oh, oh, okay. The flame (laughs) represents his divinity. I I apologize. (laughs) I apologize. That makes more sense. Okay. All right. It is one of the prime Easter symbols. Um, It's the light of Christ. I mean, it's... It's, you literally say that when you walk yes, in the building with the. That is that is correct. Um, so it's it's one of those things where um, it's it's so important that it is lit at every service basically during the the great Easter celebration of fifty days. So from the time it is lit from the new fire uh, on the vigil, it is to remain lit at all services until after the last Mass on Pentecost. Or if you have evening prayer, after evening prayer on Pentecost. Hmm. Then it, there is a whole ritual that then processes the candle. Um, to some, it will process them out of the church, actually. To others, they will have a special procession where they go to the bap, uh, the baptismal font, and in many churches that might be a, another area of the church, where there is a procession that takes then the candle to the baptismal font. Hmm. So again, it's, it is a prime, prime symbol, uh, and as a consequence, there are a lot of rituals and a lot of uh, different types of things that are done in order to speak of that light of Christ in, in, in our lives. A couple uh, years ago, when we did Tenebrae, it was on Good Friday evening. It was all dark. And the last thing we did, the deacon walked the old candle out mm-hmm. of the church so that the next candle to come in is the new candle. Is the new candle. Yeah. Again, lots of different ways that, that we celebrate it and, and we are reminded of this light of Christ. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it, it remains. So it remains then at the baptismal font and then is used uh, usually for uh, baptism, certainly it's supposed to be used because all of the baptismal candles are to be lit from it. Again, talk about importance. That is to be the source of the flame for all baptismal candles that are for ch- children, adults that are baptized. Uh, it's also used for funerals. 
and to be burning during the time where the time of vigil, a time of the funeral mass. Again, it's that whole sense. It's the light of Christ that, that leads us into eternity, that leads us to that kingdom. You know, it's that light of Christ that, that shows us the way. It's the light of Christ that shines in the darkness. So I have seen it used. I have seen it used uh, during ordinations. I have seen it used uh, during uh, weddings. I have seen it used during anointings. Again, part of that is, now ritually it's not called for, but part of it is recognizing that that light of Christ in, in, in that we celebrate from that is rooted ultimately in our baptism and such, that light of Christ is the source of the light for everything we do when it comes you know, to celebrating sacraments in the church. Uh, and so uh, different uh, places have used it for these different occasions. Uh, so it's, it's uh, again, the value and the importance of this candle. Maybe we should start giving out candles for every sacrament that you have, and then every Catholic gets like a, you know, a seven set of candle holder, and then yeah. you have that to remember your family by. You know, there's, well, there's something to be said for it. When you think about, for example, when they, uh, I know for a very long time, um, they used in weddings called the unity candle. Okay, it, 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 like any of these rituals, they come and they go. Some stay, some have more staying power than others. Uh, they come and they go. You still see it being used. Um, <clears throat> however, you know, there is something to be said that that unity candle in many ways was a takeoff on on the 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 Easter candle. It's saying it's this is the light of Christ, you know, in in your married marriage relationship. When it was used more often, is that uh, I would remind couples on the anniversary of your wedding, is that you ought to light that candle, and you ought to renew your promises, um, recognizing that this candle in some ways isn't just here to be placed on the shelf to look pretty. We're talking about the presence of Christ, and uh, and some do. I mean, some do. You know, eventually they're used up and they get another <laughs> pillar candle. But but the idea is is taking some of these rituals home, and using them in our homes so that that there's a connectedness of what we do. And 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 candles, you know, obviously there was a greater importance in the past because you couldn't flip a switch and and all of those things. And unfortunately, we tend to lose some of that, where I know that there are some churches that use electric Easter candles. Um, and and you, you look at that and say, wow, you know, we've lost something. I believe we've lost something. And I'll explain a little bit more of that a little bit later. Is that that idea that this candle is burned and you begin, you mark time with it, and that the new candle speaks of the newness of it. It speaks of the light of Christ. And, and then you start the cycle all over again. Somehow, um, uh, you know, somehow insurance companies and, and what we're dealing with them, and God bless insurance companies, but sometimes they can really suck the light up out of liturgy and because of safety. And yes, we must always be safe. No question about that. Oh, but sometimes we, to me, I guess we, we take it a little bit too far. The, the, the Easter candle 
wasn't always uh, didn't always have the place the same place as it did in the in the, in the past is that um, it has been around uh, for a very long time it used to be in the uh, in the um, uh, in the, in the past before liturgical renewal and such is that you had a triple candle a triple light uh, used to before the Easter candle was lit so what you did is that you had another candle that was the one that was lit from the new fire you use that candle a much smaller candle mm-hmm. you use that one to sing light of Christ and then you did that three times then you lit the paschal candle and then the exultet was sung wow. now they changed that and said no the easter candle is to be lit from the new fire and it is to be um you know it is to be of such a dignity that it speaks of this new fire which has been blessed there shouldn't be anything in between uh but it should be somehow uh lit right away those are really tall though do you have to like tip it over into the fire do you take a Generally, you know, depending on how big of a fire you have, (laughs) is that sometimes you can do it right, just tip the candle, and it can be done right there. Um, Is that uh, sometimes where I've been, where there have been much larger fires, it's too hot to do that, and it really doesn't light, it just melts everything. (laughs) So we take like a piece of wood that has been burning, and then we will light the candle from the piece. But it needs to become directly, somehow directly from the fire. Um, The candle oftentimes has... Uh, you know, is is highly decorated. And as you know from ordering these things, some are very simple. um, Some are much more elaborate, uh, much more ornate. Um, There is an option to decorate it. It doesn't have to be decorated. It can be just a simple white pillar candle, um, which is an interesting thought. Um, I'm not so sure what I think of that, um, you know, just having a plain white candle. Now, it certainly would speak of the purity of, of, you know, that what's important is the candle and the flame, not the decorations. I'd have to think more about that if I would want to do that or not. Usually what they have is that they will have the fine grains of incense that are, are placed in little holes uh, that speak of the fine, uh, five wounds of, of Jesus hmm. and how they, his body was anointed uh, when they took his body off the cross. Uh, also, uh, there is a symbol of a cross on it that speaks of Christ yesterday and today, and then Alpha and the Omega. So you make the cross with those symbols. There usually is uh, the year, you know, that is on it. Um, they finally, may, they, they do make some now, where that can be removed uh, easily <laughs> so that a new year can be placed on it. Again, not so sure what I think of that, but I do understand that for some churches, cost may be prohibitive, and I, and I get that. Um, to me, then, it ought to be in some ways that maybe churches who can't afford them ought to buy one for those who can't. Um, there's something to be said for that. That's just me talking out loud. <laughs> um, but somehow it's the, the year is usually noted on there. 
those kinds of things. Then they have the nails, you know, that, that are uh, representative of the nails. Uh, those are, are placed in there. Now, there are times when those rituals are done uh, at the new fire. <clears throat> in climates where that um, is possible, you know, where it's warm out or relatively so, uh, that's great because you can have the time. Then they take a stylus and they will actually trace the cross on it. Uh, in our climate, when it could be, you know, below zero, could be snowing, it could be doing lots of things out there, um, usually what we do is most of it we prepare before. Mm -hmm. And then we, we bring it out and then pray the blessing over it, of course. and But then we have it already taken care of so that we can, you know, light it and then back, usually head back into a sense of warmth. Um, as I, I spoke before, that the size and the beauty of the candle should leave no question as to what candle, which candle is the Easter candle. Um, during the baptism, baptismal rites, if um, if those take place, then all the, the during the East, the vigil, all of those candles are lit. Made sure that they are lit, lighted from the Easter candle. It's a symbol of our faith in so many ways, uh, you know, and, and when you think of the decorations, um, history or, or at least it is, um, it is proposed that the whole concept of the Easter candle and such is taken from the, the Jewish custom of lighting a lamp at the end of the Sabbath prayer. The idea that the light of Christ, the light of God, never went out always there was and you have the you know the virgins with the ten virgins with their lamps and and all of those images that are part of that uh, it is proposed that that's where the concept of having an Easter candle certainly would have been the concept would have been familiar to the early Christian communities which were primarily Jewish uh, communities and so uh, the idea and 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 the the belief the uh, the concept of light dispelling darkness uh, was something that they would have embraced and they would have been able to understand. It is um, only until the, finally until they might say the second half of the fourth century, so you're dealing with, you know, the 350s or so, hmm. is that a hymn of praise was sung, you know, to the, uh, to the candle. Um you to the candle? Yeah, the hymn of praise to, again, it, it, it was a symbol of Christ. And so this was a hymn mm. of praise sung to the candle. Um, and, yeah. Um, <laughs> can you read your own writing? I, sometimes I can, sometimes <laughs> Okay. And it's interesting that in the mid-300s is that um, Ambrose, St. Ambrose, and uh, St. Augustine were, were two of the first people to, to write uh, a couple of these hymns. Were they buddies and they like did it together? Or no, no, like... these, uh, uh, you might say Ambrose was uh, was a mentor of, of Augustine. So certainly some of the ideas would have would have uh, come from from them both. But uh, it's, it's after that time then that you have the development of the candle. The, the basics have always been there. 
But the, the, over the development of the candle and the use of the candle, it, it grew in size and in beauty. Um, it is estimated that some of the candles from the, the diameter, from what they were made of, from what was uh, spoken of in the, uh, in the writings of some of the various saints and, and, and different uh, theologians that would have gone places and churches, it is, it is estimated that some of these candles could have weighed easily between uh, three to 500 pounds. Oh, my gosh. And some of them could have easily been 10 to 12 feet or more high. How um, do you even light or move those? Uh, you didn't. Once they were in place, they were in place. You didn't move them. We have a habit of moving them sometimes the way our churches were built. Mm -hmm. But remember that, you know, they would have had a baptismal chapel in many of these large places, so you wouldn't have moved it. Is that if you had a baptism, it was in the baptismal chapel unless it was during the Easter season. During the Easter season, it would have been in one spot in the main church, and you would have then had, you know, your baptism where they were taking place there. I suppose something that large, you could probably leave it burning all year, and it would be fine. <laughs> close to it. I mean, really close to it. Um, but these were massive candles, and, and they, they describe sometimes that the carvings and entire tableaus, you might say, of all sorts... <coughs> made these works of art. The concept, though, is that they were to be burned. That was the concept. Uh, unfortunately, over the years, you know, the idea was how can we save this as much as we can so we don't have to buy one maybe only every two to three years. Um, yeah, and, and so we, you, lose, you lose some of the meaning behind it. Uh, but, again, these, these would have been massive. These would have been massive. I would have loved to have seen, you know, what some of these would have looked like. It was like, this is my kind of candle. <laughs> now, when you have a, a, a cathedral like you do, you know, or basilicas as they do in, in, in many of these countries, you can see why they would have had a candle that massive because you had to be able to see it all the way in the, from the back of church, which could have been a couple of blocks or more. Hmm. Um, so you're talking about, you know, a massive, massive space. Mm -hmm. And as they say, even with, with Paschal candles, is that the Paschal candle needs to be proportional to the space you have it in. And so when you think about the space, for example, that Holy Angels is, you need a little bit taller candle because it, the space is so high. We should probably have a bigger one than we have now. Probably. But again, within reason. Um, Could get and, a lower stand, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, um, it's the, and the idea, too, is that these were basically made only to be moved once. Maybe twice. You know, the time you carried them in, and then you carried them out. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it stood by the baptismal font and whatever. Um Part of it is just the circumstances of our own, of our own uh, church, our own spaces. I've also seen, you know, in the sense that with some of the Pascal candles, if you have very low ceilings, you don't have one that's six foot tall. Sure. You have one that's three. But again, it should be no question which is the Pascal. Then candle. it should be wider. 
<laughs> and I've seen those, you know, uh, in one of the parishes where we had, it was uh, during the um, uh, late 70s, 80s, uh, a lot of creative things were being done at that time. They made their own Paschal candle. And what they did is they made it the size of a coffee can. So um, it would have been, what, five, six inches in diameter, and it was about four feet tall. Oh my now, gosh. Um, also, but it would have had a couple of wicks in it. Now, people question, so isn't it only supposed to have one wick? Yeah, but you got to have a big enough wick to melt the wax. And so, but there was a lot of trial and error. But the, but the idea always, you know, we had a, a, a gentleman, yeah, I believe it was a gentleman in the parish at the time who made, uh, who, who poured candles. And, and it was very well done. Um, and then you had, for example, uh, our, I don't know if you remember Arcadia candles. No. They were the ones that were, uh, had multiple rainbow uh, colors. They were oftentimes rippled and carved. It was a, it was a style of candle that was hugely popular. And okay. um, one, of the, one of the parishes that, the, that they did, had, that I was at, the worship committee called up the company and said, we'd like a candle, one of your candles, uh, with a, a three-inch base with the colors, you know, uh, that you have. And these are the colors we want. And uh, we want also then a follower. Well, you know, what? A, it's like, holy, well, they spent a lot of money. It was donated. But it took forever to burn that candle. I mean, it's like it took forever to burn that was candle. Was it pretty too? Oh, it was absolutely stunning because you were in a large church with the colors and such. It was a stunning candle. There's no question. Um, but that's that's the thing. You know, you look at that and say, wow, uh, and this is what represents the presence of Christ in, mm -hmm. in our lives. And that, again, to dispel the, the darkness. And when, when you had the... Um, well, you didn't have all sorts of decorative because the colors were all you really needed. And when that was lit in a dark church, oh, it, it would send shivers up your spine because hmm. it was just, it was, a, it was beautiful artistically. It was beautiful from the theological aspect of it. It helped to create an, as, an atmosphere where, of, of the sense of the presence of Christ in, in one's life. Um, so, but over time, these things really grew and developed, uh, and, and um, like I said, they were just, they were incredible, incredible. <clears throat> and I want to get back to this. Sometimes they're used multiple years and such. Ideally, one should get a new one every year. And, and I tend to be of the ilk. It's like we have it, we have to burn it. We need to burn it. So let's burn it. Let it represent. And, and, and one of the reasons that I do that is that I have, as I mentioned to you at times, uh, Lindsay, I have given entire homilies, you know, and I'll have a, 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 a yardstick, and I will say to folks, this candle, when we got it, you know, and, and some of the large ones saying, was maybe two or, th you know, let's say two feet or so taller than it is now, and I'll have the yardstick out there, and to, so that they have a visual. Think about it, and I said, we like this for baptisms. We light this for funerals. It has been lit for weddings. It has been lit for prayer services. It has been lit for all souls, for our dying and dead. I said, think about the people. I said, these are your family members. Mm 
And we can so easily walk in and fail to recognize that this candle represents so many events in your lives. Those that bring joy, those that bring tears, those that, that simply, you know, we don't know what's going on and we just have to place it in God's hands, is that when we look at this candle, it should be a reminder that somehow God has been present in the midst of it all. That the light of Christ never goes out. Personally, I would like to see it lit at, at every single Mass, you know, because we say the Mass is a mini Easter. Uh, there would probably be a, a you know, uh, uh, an argument for that. <clears throat> but it's to, to show people that, that, you know, this is not just about walking in here and walking out and nothing has happened. Um, this is about so much that has taken place and how we have celebrated that in the church how they have celebrated that in their lives. And it's one of the reasons then that I promote that, you know, using of <clears throat> maybe a candles or a lamp safely in people's homes, uh, obviously taking into account children and all sorts of things like that. We do it for birthdays. Why wouldn't we, why can't we, why shouldn't we be willing or able to do it? Wedding anniversaries. Marking the time for your ba the baptism of your children. They should remember that date. <clears throat> I don't remember mine, but somehow those dates are important. Oh, I know mine. <clears throat> oh, you do? Yep, March oh. 17th. Oh, that's an easy one to uh -huh. remember. Um, <clears throat> but it's taking it's taking those things that we, we so often do in church, and it's taking them to our homes, which is supposed to be the mini church. Like I said, we need to hand out candles at all the sacraments, then you can burn them to remember those <laughs> dates. Hey, I don't have a problem with it necessarily. <laughs> I'll have to work that through. Um, uh, so the, really, the, the shorter they get, the more it speaks of more life that has been lived and celebrated. It speaks of tears that have been shed. It speaks of moments of incredible joy. Um, speaks of birth in all sorts of manner, shapes, and forms. Um, but somehow all of us are able to connect to it. So the Easter candle is one of those marvelous, marvelous things that are part of our churches. And I, I guess I would just say to folks, you know, when you walk into your church or walk into any church, look for the Easter candle. It should be there. If it's not, write a note. <laughs> you know? Oh, yes. That pastor will love that. Oh, absolutely. Um, because it should be there. And it should be, it should be beautiful. It should be something that, that one, in a sense, respects the sacred object. Um, it's one of those items that, you know, in churches that should be given due respect and a place of honor um, because of what it speaks of and who it speaks of and all that it reminds us of. So, so look for that Easter candle. So um, when, it's, when you're done with the old one because the new ones come in, what do you do with the old one? Well, one of the things that, that I've done is that uh, in the worship committee, um, a lot of times I'll, I'll give it, you know, depending on how big it is or whatever, I will give it to um, to someone who has worked, in, let's say, in art and environment, so they can, they can take it home if they want it. Now there are a lot of people who jump at the at the mm -hmm. opportunity to do that. Uh, one, it's gonna it's gonna burn a while. I mean, you know, as far as that goes. But it's it's given you might say a home, a place where they will have it and they will a new home, a new home. Or it's rehomed, yes. Um, a lot of what we do sometimes, if they're large or whatever, or there's just a stump left, is that. Um, 
there is a rebate that you can get by you you give to some place like Stempers, mm -hmm. and they will uh, they they give rebates, and then this wax because it's beeswax, pure beeswax, is that um, it is used to make more candles. Are all the candles on the altar beeswax? Uh, yes, yes they are, yes they are. The ones we use for uh, the altar and those things, yes, they are all beeswax. Uh, the ones that at least, at least 50% or more beeswax, let's put it that way. Um, beeswax, like I said, is very expensive. Mm -hmm. However, there are 50% or more beeswax. The ones that we use, for example, like Vigilite, stuff like that, there's a lot of paraffin in that. And not, you know, hmm. it's just stuff you would, you know, more you'd find in a store or whatever. And do you use it on Palm Sunday and Holy Thursday and Good Friday? The Easter candle? Yes. Um, the old one. Or the... No, no, you don't. You don't? No. Interesting. No, you don't. Okay. Nope. No, you don't. Um, well, that's probably more than anyone ever wanted to know about an Easter <laughs> candle, but it's very interesting. Again, with those common things that we see all the time, mm -hmm. and we walk by them, and we just don't give them a second thought, I would just say to folks, give it a second thought. And, and, and imagine, you know, when you think about in that year, all of the different experiences that the light of Christ has been there for you. Uh, maybe you had a, a death, a baptism, a wedding, whatever it might be. Think about that and how that candle in so many ways represents the Christ in the midst of it all. Excellent. We're going to leave that there for today. If you want to reach out and connect with us, holyangelswb at gmail.com. Leave us a note, say hi, whatever. And we hope you enjoyed that and we'll see you next time.